Hi, everybody. My name is Shana Mayro. I am Mariela Rosales. We are here to talk about um, our research and our story map project and um, talk a little bit about Latinx social movements. Um, so, uh, Mariela, do you want to tell us a little bit about your research? Yeah, my research is about the Chicano moratorium and the violence behind it but also incorporating the Chicano movement, the fight for equality and a fight that we're actually still fighting to this day. Do you want me to, do you want to tell me about yours? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my research and um, story map is centered around Chicana activists within the Chicano power movement, uh, mostly in the, 19, the late 1960s, early 1970s. Um, I want to focus on their contributions. The, uh, the, these women were fighting for the movement itself, but then they were also fighting within um, their organizations and they were, they were being underrepresented and they were being excluded by the male participants, not all the male participants, but enough to make a difference. Um, and so they were fighting these two battles and I feel like it's important to um, tell their stories and 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 show their pictures and their faces and show everyone what they did um, in terms of fighting for the cause. Uh, it's um, it's an important story to tell, in my opinion. Um, so, what what sources have you found? I found this UCLA study that takes the 1960s um, census, and they focus on the mid 1960s to late 1960s. Mm -hmm. And so it just takes into account uh, like job, income, where do you live and education. Mm -hmm. And it actually says quite a lot. I also am using a book by Manuel Gonzalez. It's called the Chicano Movement 1965 to 1975. Nice. And it's a third edition regarding uh, Mexicans in the United States during mm -hmm. this time. I am also using, um, this is actually, it's an article by Ian Lopez, mm -hmm. uh, Protest, Repression, and Race, Legal Violence, and the Chicano Movement for the University of Pennsylvania Law Review, in which they talk about a lot about um, just what would happen and like kind of the jury and mm -hmm. the trial and stuff. And then I also have another one from Edward Escobas, um, The Dialects of Repression, the Los Angeles Police Department and the Chicano Movement from 1968 to 1971. This is a journal. Nice. And I also believe in the saying that pictures say a thousand words. Mm -hmm. So I chose two pictures from the LA Times. One is from, it's a police officer and he's holding a gun. Mm -hmm. And you just see uh, peaceful protesters and just peaceful people in front of an establishment. And then there's another picture that says it's actually of uh, peaceful protesters holding a banner that says um, abrazos no balazos. Mm -hmm. And that is directed towards violence um, against them from the sheriffs. Mm -hmm. What about yourself? What sources have you used? Okay, so I've, I found some sources that I'm very excited about. Um, the LA Times put out um, a series on uh, 
on the on the brown the brown berets, the women of the brown berets who would become las adelitas. Um, it's called the Chicana Revolt: the women of the brown berets breaking free to form their own movement. Um, it, it 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 includes an interview with Hilda Jensen, who was one of the women who left um, the organization. It it includes photos, it includes interviews and, and pictures. Um, it has a letter uh, that basically, um, in part, it was explaining what their departure to the uh, national, the national offices of the Brown Berets, where they said, you know, we're being treated so poorly here. It feels, it feels as if um, we're being more oppressed within this organization than we are by the pig system, which I thought that was incredibly powerful statement. It tells a lot about their struggle. Um, I have found um, some uh, oral histories about the women of, of the 1968 East LA blowouts where they, where the students walked out from five high schools to fight for better, um, better conditions and better education for, for Chicanos, Chicanos, Mexican, Mexican Americans. Um, I have a few secondary sources from books that have been really helpful for me. Um, the first, a Rethinking the Chicano Movement, um, Mark Simon Rodriguez wrote it. And there's a chapter in here about Chicana's uh, contributions to the periodicals and the, um, the written work. And they, it, it's, it's nice because that, will, that shows what they did on that front. Um, I'm trying to go for different, um, different areas of the Chicano power movement. I found another book um, by Emily Blackwell and it's called Chicana Power, Contested Histories of Feminism in the Chicano Movement. This one has a great chapter about um, the youth rebellion and campus organizing and, and what the Chicana activist experience was within the universities. You know, kids were really doing a lot, our young people are really starting to do a lot for the movement. And, um, and this one focuses on the Chicanas. Um, I have a collection of narratives of interviews and essays. It's called Chicana Movidas, New Narratives of Activism and Feminism in the Movement Era. This is, this is, this is a really great collection. Um, the interviews and the papers written all um, highlight different Chicana activists. Then I've chosen three to highlight on my story map. Um, one being Gloria Anzaldúa, and that's an interview um, with her, and then Inez Hernandez Avila, and also Esther Hernandez, who um, who uh, contributed a lot of artwork um, to to the movement, specifically um, the UFW's fight and the great um, the boycotts. So that that's that helps me to like like I said get to different areas and um, and show women doing di playing different roles. I want to really highlight their roles because um, they had they really had to fight to get anywhere within it. They were giving menial work and and I just find it important. So these sources have been really helpful. I also found primary sources of photographs. Um, I want to have a lot of visuals. Um, to, to show these women's faces, representation. Um, yeah, that's, that's the, the, the bulk of the research that I've done. Um, so what's the most interesting 
thing that you've learned or found within your research? Something that I would have to say that's uh, interesting on my part would have to be um, according to uh, protest repression and race by Ian Lopez, the punishment did not fit the crime for these protesters of the Chicano moratorium. Right. They were arrested and charged with crimes that they could face up to about 45 years in prison, if not more. And they oh. were indicted for this. Wow. They were known as the East LA 13. Um, another thing also that according, going back to the picture that I had stated earlier, yeah. of LA Times where it says abrazos, no balazos. Mm -hmm. I found that to be just so interesting because these people were met with violence yet they still they still were doing it for the they were fighting the good fight mm -hmm. they weren't yeah. letting anything necessarily get in their way and yeah. they were saying they were embracing the police officers and the sheriff saying you may not want us but we want you right all we are fighting for is just equality right we're fighting for a better way of living right um, like conditions and just to pretty much put an end to like police brutality in some sort of way, just how we saw with the Chicano moratorium and how it just ended in so much violence. Yeah. You kind of see that today. Yeah. Protests that have been going on and just the good fight hasn't yeah. ended. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's in some ways it's um, in some ways it's getting harder. You know, it is, it it's really is. There's militarization within law enforcement and people's lives are at risk all the time. We see it. We see I it. I mean, just there. think about last year, they brought the national guard in to try yep. to all these peaceful protesters. Yep. I was, um, I actually, because of COVID, I couldn't get to, um, as many as I wanted. Um, but I was at a couple protests and one they had, they had full riot gear up. This was a protest in Santa Barbara put on by young people. It was 100% peaceful and um and they were in their full gear they there was no interaction um but it was just amazing to see that see these young kids fighting for a better world and this is what the response was exactly yeah one way um I unfortunately wasn't able to be at the protest mm -hmm. but I one way or another I found ways to get myself integrated um either by like spreading the word donations to like mm -hmm these wonderful causes, actually a lot to bail people out of jail, to bail yeah. the people protesters. I was like, I may not be there, but I'm there in spirit and solidarity. Yeah. yeah. yeah I want to be very important. Yeah. Uh, what about yeah. yourself? What did you find interesting? So I really, um, the, the research I did on the Brown Braves has been extremely interesting for me. And um, I'm just going to paraphrase, um, you know, a little more about that letter, what they were saying to the, to the, to the national organization, like we're, you are treating us horribly and, um, and we're leaving, we're going to, and they went and then they did, they formed Las Adelitas and it didn't last that long, but they got out there. They um, were active in uh, the protests that happened after the initial uh, Chicano moratorium. They had more protests and um, in that area and they were active in that Um after a while, like everything else, it's sort of disbanded. But um, I find that their story is incredibly interesting. And I'm, I'm really, like, really glad that I was able to take my research in this direction because I'm learning so much and I'm getting so inspired, like, every day. Um, 
So what's been the most challenging part for you? For me, I would have to be honestly just making, not turning my research into a research paper. Mm -hmm. That's how it feels like because I have so much evidence, um, whether it's pictures, journals, books, it's just so much to focus on that I, I have to get out of my head yeah. and be creative with these story maps mm -hmm. and not necessarily just feel like I'm throwing all of my research out and it just being like a blurb, kind of. I, yeah. I want to make something nice out of it. I want to present it in a different light because I can just say countless of papers have been written. Mm -hmm. There's countless of things, but to find a way to engage people and make them understand like this is what was going on like mm -hmm. 50 plus years ago and it's still going on today. Yeah. Like the good fight hasn't ended. Yeah. And yeah. so honestly for myself, I think that would have to be the most challenging. Just trying to compile it all together and make sure it's it's like it flows and it makes sense and it's just in an appealing way, I would say, not yeah. just to look at it in a different way rather than just it's on a piece of paper. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we, to, to show it in a different way, we need to look at it in a different way. And that's, um, that's can be challenging. Um, yeah, I found because there's so much information that I'm finding and getting so excited about and feel it's important to tell that it's been hard for me to narrow it down and to organize it in a manner, like you were saying, that, um, that it will be impactful and it will be helpful for people to, um, it'll be, it'll provide information and inspiration. Um, and so, yeah, that's the challenging part, I believe. Um, but, you know, we're, 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 we're facing these challenges and going and, you know, um, putting out this, this important work. Um, and, and speaking of important, um, like why, what, how, why would you say that your topic is important? This is important to me because as a woman mm -hmm. and as of we seen, and especially as a, a woman of color, yeah. uh, I realized that history does indeed repeat itself. Mm -hmm. And some of these atrocities committed towards like minorities and people of color are still happening to this day. Yeah. We can see this um, in the protests for uh, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, we can see how time after time these people have gone peacefully, mm -hmm. um, just wanting equality, wanting peace, just trying to stand in solidarity and saying we're to we're one together, yeah. and having law enforcement and just having people that still are with these racist views mm -hmm. say you can't get it, you don't deserve it. And so just saying that like you, you aren't, it's basically making you seem like you aren't at our level. Yeah. And by putting uh, legislators um, and legislations in which we can't vote, yeah. these laws that are prohibiting us from voting, um, just the gerrymandering, yeah. uh, the education system for low-income households mm -hmm. aren't necessarily the best. They're getting defunded. It's just, so the correlation from before and to now, it's it's like almost a spitting image. And yeah. that's why I feel like it's so important that we keep fighting and pushing for the good fight. Yeah. Because if we don't, then who will? Exactly. 
Exactly. What about for yourself? So for me, um, first off, I just love what you said. And it's like, it's super important to like, thank you. We have to keep fighting. Um, cause who else will, um, for me, it was important because I've really, I really am starting getting a, a, a good understanding about why representation is important, you know, and, um, and women, especially women of color are underrepresented all the time. They, they were then and are now. And it's, um, to say it's disappointing would be a huge understatement. Like it's, it's wrong. Um, and so I, you know, looking at um, these Chicana activists who are so strong, who fight so hard for, for, for good causes, you know, for a better world, for a better world, for their families, for their communities, for everyone. And um, I think that it's important to acknowledge that they had to fight within the organization themselves too. I think it's time for them to have their stories told and um, for people to see their faces and hear their words and listen, you know, and see them speak. Like that's why it's important to me. And that's really what I want. Um, I want to do with this project. Like, so like, you know, if people aren't looking and aren't paying attention, they're going to, they're going to need to be at some point. And, um, and hopefully, hopefully that will change. So as my, the more people that speak out, the better. So that's, that's why it's important to me. Yeah. I absolutely love how you're highlighting how these women were so resilient. Oh yeah. So it's resilient. Family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Ms. Shana, oh, for engaging so in this conversation about our story map project with me. Yes. And I want to thank the professor for listening to our podcast in the future, <laughs> hopefully. And this is it. This is our podcast. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you.